Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills, heading into week four of the 2022 NFL season. Your Buffalo Bills set to travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens for a 1 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. Plenty to talk about in today's show. When I say that, right, like I'm not here to recap the the Miami game. I feel like there's been so much negativity around that and so many fans kind of in their emotions since that game, which I certainly understand. But in this week's episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, I want to focus more on on three of the young guys that I have a sense of optimism around to to varying levels. And I think that makes it for a bit more of an optimistic tone with this show. And I'm more of an optimistic type guy anyway. So I think that will be surely something good for us. Before I go any further, friendly reminder, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings is always brought to you by our friends at homage.com, the softest Buffalo Bills tees in the game. Uh, I love everything that I've gotten so far from Homage, and you can get all the details on how you can check out everything that they offer in the show notes and in the show article as well. Hey, do me a favor. I usually say this at the end of the show too. If you have not subscribed to Buffalo Rumblings and our podcast feed just yet, I encourage you to do so ASAP. Smash that subscribe button, whether you're on the YouTube page looking for the great content we have there, whether you're you know, in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you hit that button because we have got you covered seven days a week with brand new content each and every day. Now, like I said, going into this podcast, there are three young guys that I have been impressed by at least coming out of in that that week three game, right? And there's kind of been varying levels of success that comes with each of these players. But I thought that was something worth noting in today's episode. You know, first on the list for me is James Cook, the rookie running back. And you might be sitting there even scratching your head just a little bit saying, this guy has been off to enough of a slow start. What are you talking about here? And yes, of course, that first snap that he played, that first touch that he got with the fumble and the Thursday night opener against the Los Angeles Rams, certainly something to forget. But I saw some decent juice from Cook in Sunday's game against the Dolphins. Nothing too crazy, right? Just playing 11 snaps, nothing where you're going to look at it and say, okay, he's threatening Devin Singletary right now or even Zach Moss, which I, I think is a topic for another conversation. But right, he did have four receptions for 37 yards. And to me, it looks like someone that when Cook has the ball in his hands, he's got a a little bit extra juice, right, than you see with somebody like Moss or like Singletary. You know he has that breakaway speed where if he gets in the open field, he can make something happen. And uh, every time I see him play, I I turned to my wife the other day. I said, he can scoot. Like, 
you get the ball in his hands in a little bit of space and he can make something happen with it. And I think we started to see some of that against the Dolphins. Again, four receptions for 37 yards. Some conversation of the, you know, the other target he had. Was it a drop? Personally, I thought it was kind of a, a misfire from, from Allen to him. And I don't put that one solely on Cook. But when you look at those four receptions for 37 yards, that is what the Bills are looking to get when they drafted him in the second round. Right. We all know what happened with J.D. McKissick and that not panning out. Of course, we've seen guys in the past where, you know, they've looked to get that speed back that can catch the ball out of the backfield and make something happen with it. Well, now it seems like you've got that guy in Cook. And maybe this development would have taken place a little bit sooner if it wasn't for that fumble in week one against the Rams. But I was intrigued by what I saw on Sunday, and I really would like to see him be a bit more involved in the offense against the Ravens on Sunday. I think he could be a little bit of an X factor, especially with some of the other injuries that the Bills have, right? As we talk about things like, you know, Jay Kumro, who knows what's happening with him, Gabriel Davis, still limited in practice, you know, can Cook give you that ability to be an additional pass catcher that can add a wrinkle for Ken Dorsey and his offense? So that was the first thing I wanted to highlight. Second one on the list for me was Kyrie Elam. You know, in Elam, you look at him getting his first NFL start in week three uh, against the Dolphins. And I got to be honest, with the the safety tandem out, then you're thinking Benford and Elam, and then Benford goes out with the injury. I was nervous at, at spots, right? You think about you think about Jalen Waddell. You think about Tyreek Hill. You think about what that offense can do. Uh, and certainly Elam held his own, more than held his own, right? Didn't prove to be a liability against the pass in any way, shape, or form. Looked like he was pretty strong against the run. Uh, it was one of those days where like, no news was good news when it came to Elam. And I get it. There can be disappointment from the fan base and that he was not an immediate starter day one as a first-round draft pick. But as I take a look at this as a whole, I just think to myself, okay, let's show that the moment is not too big for him. And it was not too big for him on Sunday played relatively well, right? We haven't seen any of the splash plays yet, but listen, let's look at things. And this is a a defense that takes a little bit more of a bend, don't break approach to begin with. I think that's certainly the case when you don't have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in. And for Elam to continue to develop, I was encouraged by that. Because I will say, right? And I would would do some messaging with, with some of the guys on the side, like, should I be worried about Kyer Elam not being able to beat out Christian Benford. We've heard plenty talk about it. Like, listen, this isn't really an indictment on Elam. Like, this is more of a, you know, look at the fine that they had in Christian Benford right now. He's playing well. He's doing good things. I get all of that. So just to see him put together a solid performance, that's really what you want from the cornerback position, right? To be solid, uh, again, and you're going up against guys like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, to me, I will take it. And I'm looking to see more from him against the Baltimore Ravens. Certainly going to be in a position we still don't know what Dane Jackson's status is or Christian Benford. Um, Neither have been placed on any sort of injured reserve. So let's wait and see what Sunday holds. Finally, for me, not a first-year player, but a second-year player. Um, It's going to sound like I'm just gushing for a bit. And you guys have heard me on the show in the past that I'm certainly uh, a big fan of Gregory Rousseau. And at the time when the team drafted him, wasn't quite sure about the pick. 
right, for where the team was was going. You were looking at some of the pass rushers. Was Rousseau going to go in the first round? Was he going to fall to the second round? But then he came into Buffalo, and I think everyone immediately fell in love with him when they saw the press conference, when they saw his excitement to be drafted by the Bills, and just the way he talked about the franchise from the beginning. Uh, he definitely had some moments as a rookie, but now it really does seem that it is starting to come together for the young guy. And I know a lot of folks will give credit to Von Miller, uh, the additions along the defensive line, but Gregory Rousseau is doing it himself, right? Pulling some of the stats from, from Sal Capaccio at Sal Sports on Twitter, you know, he ranks seventh in the NFL with three and a half sacks right now. Tackles for loss, he's tied for first with five. And quarterback hurries, he's tied for 12th with five. Sal writes, Gregory Rousseau has been terrific through the first three games, leads the NFL in tackles for loss, and already has three and a half sacks. Up there in pressures as well. And Sal also writes, I'll add, this is with playing only 62% of the Bills' defensive snaps. Now, the Bills still going with that heavy rotation. You think Von Miller, you've got Shaq Lawson, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, another guy that has definitely been flashing. But if Gregory Rousseau can become, at such a young age, right, I think he is only 22 years old. I think he turns 23 after the season. To start to become that consistent player that can get to the quarterback. And we've talked in the past about pressures versus hurries versus everything that goes into it and debating what that looks like for a team, right? And and what is more important? Is sacks, are sacks an overrated statistic? If you're a team that doesn't get a lot of sacks, I think you can say it's an overrated statistic. If all of a sudden you start to have guys like Von Miller delivering week in and week out, and you see a youngster like Gregory Rousseau, who you have under contract for four more seasons, start to deliver and say, good gosh, if he can become that consistent double-digit sack player for the Bills, that would be something that is certainly pretty cool and something I would like to see more of. Um, I'm encouraged by you know what he has looked like as a player. He is strong against the run. Like If he can become that all-around defensive end that can deliver each and every week for the Buffalo Bills, uh, that's, that's what you hope to get, right? When you draft a defensive end in the first round, albeit late in the first round, we've said before, Von Miller on the wrong side of 30 still has plenty of juice left. That is fine. But you have those two together being your number one and your number two. Some great things can really continue to happen. So I am certainly uh, excited right now when I think about these young guys. All three of them will need to step up to defeat uh, a dangerous Baltimore Ravens team, especially when you think of Elam. I know they don't pass a ton, but right? When, when Lamar Jackson does get out of the pocket or he does create out there, uh, certainly looking downfield. So hopefully Elam is ready for that. And Gregory Rousseau going to have to be uh, a consistent day for the young pass rusher and see what he can do to help contain, to keep Lamar Jackson at bay so that the Buffalo Bills can get to him and have a successful Sunday afternoon down in Baltimore. Listen, I'm going to take a break right now. When I come back, we've got our paying homage session. So section, I don't even know why I called it a session, but you guys know what I mean. I will be back after the break. You're listening to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino here with you. It's time for our weekly segment, Paying Homage, as part of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, brought to you by our friends at homage.com. Like I said, check out my show notes to get all the details on how you can get the softest of Buffalo Bills tees in the game. Now, for me, as I take a look at things, you know, you come off a loss. Sometimes it's hard to pick someone like who do you, you know, who do you want to want to give this to this week? You know, when you think about it, I know we've talked about sometimes with former players, or sometimes will we give it to a fan or a content creator? But then the news broke earlier this week about Tommy Doyle tearing his ACL um, and being placed on the injured reserve. And then you find out that Tommy Doyle, you know, he tore that ACL in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins and continued to play. Now, in many ways, we can talk about the offensive line, and we knew Sunday was a bit of a day to kind of forget about their play. Definitely enough struggles, the Dolphins generating too much of a pass rush, too many hits on Josh Allen, to say the least. But when Ryan Bates went out with a head injury, where he's in the concussion protocol right now, uh, Doyle had to step in to play guard. I mean, he's naturally a tackle, right? But has gotten some work at guard. Uh, and here he was stepping in, playing 37 snaps. I am not sure where and when he tore his ACL in that game, but he finished the game. There were no more offensive linemen on the bench to be able to come in based on players that had already been ruled out. Mitch Morris was inactive for the game. Van Roten had left the game not to return. Spencer Brown was ruled out. Ryan Bates was then ruled out. So Tommy Doyle had to play 37 snaps and a percentage of those on a torn ACL. And, you know, we talk about football players being tough and and doing all the right things. But to Tommy Doyle, right, a second round play or second year player, former fifth round draft pick um, to do that. You talk about a mentality of just like, doing anything you can to to help the team win, that had to be incredibly painful for him to be able to finish that game on Sunday. So, you know, when I think about a guy that I want to pay homage to, he, he's the one that stands out to me. Tommy Doyle, again, a tough loss. There could have been other performances we could have looked at, but for a guy to kind of gut through that, um, you know, again, ending his season, going on the injured reserve, hope that he has a speedy recovery. And uh, Tommy Doyle, That's who we're paying homage to this week. Again, courtesy of our friends at homage.com. So listen, I am going to get out of here for now. I've been rambling with you guys enough. Looking forward to Sunday's game. I hope that you are too uh, from that standpoint where the Bills can bounce back to improve to 3-1, and of course, against a very tough Baltimore Ravens team. I already told you before, smash that subscribe button so you get all the great shows. I'm going to get out of here for now. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Bills.